You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, O.L. Reign. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. We are recording on Friday, June 26th, the eve before the 2020 NWSL Challenge Cup, uh, with the first match being the defending NWSL champions, North Carolina Courage, taking on the Portland Thorns. For O.L. Reign, their first match won't be until Tuesday, so we have a couple of days to watch the mayhem that is going to be the return of the first team sports in the United States in the form of the NWSL. So Susie and Steve, how are you guys, and Tim, how are you guys feeling about, you know, we're getting some NWSL soccer this weekend? I am happy to start. I feel like it felt so long to get here and now it feels so fast and I'm like really not truly prepared for live women's soccer but excited concerned all those things that everyone I think is feeling Um, and also it's just super it's super hard and weird to predict what this tournament's going to be like because we haven't seen a single team play even one single preseason match so I'm just excited to see what sort of like team dynamics and how teams really can in a month show what style of play they want to play with so many new players getting integrated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think every Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I think every aspect of this tournament is going to make for just weird soccer to watch. The fact that it's effectively preseason and teams are going to, you know, be scripting substitutions and the rosters aren't exactly what you'd expect because some teams couldn't bring in new signings and Teams are playing without, you know, some national team players as they opt out of the tournament. Um, Yeah, I think the gameplay is just going to be strange, but definitely excited to, you know, tomorrow morning watch a game over the air. Yeah, I I would second or third all of those thoughts. Like the, the fact now that Orlando had to drop out makes it a little bit even weirder for the preliminary round because ultimately these games they matter as far as like seeding the teams for the knockout round, but we know all eight teams that are playing are going to make the knockout round. So I think it's going to give some more freedom to actually see what some of these young players can do and how, how they can step up to the professional level, which is, you know, you know, two months ago we were fretting over all the rookies who maybe lost out on a chance to actually make a team. And now this might be their best chance ever to really show what they can do ahead of potentially expansion next year where they're going to have an even better shot to be seen playing time. Yeah, it's, I think what you, you guys have all said is just so weird and basically how we go from, we, you know, for the longest time, we think we were all talking privately and amongst also our media colleagues that they may not be in NWSL season and all of a sudden everything, you know, turns 180 degrees and they're just boom, 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 getting ready to travel to Utah they're going to be living in a bubble. In uh, Rain's case, they're, you know, left the state, you know, earlier than that and have been hanging out in Montana. Um, yeah, we, there's so much going on. Like, they're going to be playing, on, you know, under the backdrop of a pandemic. Um, hopefully, nobody that's traveling to Utah uh, contracts the disease. And also, while they're there, nobody contracts the disease. And you know, we to that we also say, you know, send our best wishes and thoughts to everybody at the Orlando Pride, all players, all staff, all coaching personnel, everybody, you know, that um contracted a virus and hopefully they make a full and speedy recovery from it. But yeah, there's <laughs> so, there's just so much uh craziness going on and here we are the day before uh the uh tournament kicks off and then you know is the soccer gonna be good? Probably not, but then you know you you listen to Paul Riley during his press conference say they're just going to be going guns blazing like you know normal because you know they are the underdogs as always. It was a little stark to hear Paul Riley's comments um, in contrast to all the other coaches who were very quick to caution like we're still figuring it out. You know, it's a pandemic. It's difficult to inter- integrate players, and he's like, "Oh, we're super fit. We're so excited," and you're like, "Oh God." <laughs> I, I, will I was, just, oh, I was sorry, shocked. Steve. Oh, that's fine. I, I was shocked to see they only lost three players from their championship roster last year, 
and like the rain i think brought in 12 or 13 new players at this even more than that maybe at this point because they've signed a few new players and almost every other team has brought in so much so many new players and it's it, it's kind of scary to consider just how consistent and stable the courage are yeah to say the least and then the uh another big thing with the tournament kicking off tomorrow is we're going to get our first look at uh, the new TV partner for the NWSL, CBS. First game is going to be on over-the-air CBS, but uh, the majority of our the tournament game is going to be on the CBS all-access streaming uh, service, except for, and then you have the, was it the two semifinals and the final to be on over-the-air CBS, or is it just a final? Just, just the final. Just final? Okay, so first game and the final. Yeah, well, I think just related to that, um, I've been incredibly impressed by Lisa Baird as the new NWSL commissioner. Like, she came in with such limited time before preseason, and then a pandemic hit, and mm -hmm. not only did she secure, I, I know it's not ideal for everyone, but it's not uh, some random Yahoo sports streaming, it's CBS. Um, and we just got today Google sponsored. We still have other big name sponsors. That says a lot about um, what she's been able to accomplish. And she, every time you hear an owner talk about what the state of the league is like, they have really such positive things to say about her. And the players as well, they've been nothing but praising the communication that they've been getting, which is such a change from the experience that we've heard in the past. It's it's really amazing to see just how much the NWSL could step forward, even with all the challenges that they're facing. Yeah. What's that phrase that we are still very much familiar and can always kind of expect the league to say on a communi official communication? We're still so used to monitoring the situation. And it's like Lisa Baird comes in and is like, hey, we're, we've stopped monitoring here. We're doing something about it. It's like, oh, cool. This is all weird, new, and fresh for us, but it's a lot of fun. So yeah, it seems. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I'm so sorry. Oh, I I was just gonna say it seems like not only has she gotten just a remarkable amount accomplished in the short time that she's been in charge, but she's done it with a lot more transparency than I think we're not only used to from NWSL, but really from sports leagues in general. I feel like there's so much sort of smoke and mirrors or stuff being done in the shadows and she's really yeah put everything out on front street yeah definitely super open about what answers she doesn't have and not afraid to shy away from those and um it's been refreshing for sure so how are we feeling about ol rain even though they're not playing until tuesday but their first matchup is against Sky Blue FC. Um, I know we've all joked about this, you know, outside of recording things, but I think we're all just kind of doing a big old shrug in terms of what are the rain going to be in this opening matchup of the tournament, right? Yeah, I think a big shrug is a good, is a good description. Um, I think the thing about this condensed tournament is you really need a team that, a understands and is bought into like team culture and style of play and B has depth that can where there's like like for like replacements on all spots in the field. It's hard to say about team culture. I think broadly the rain have established that, but they have a new coach. So it's hard to know if players have all spoken really highly of the environment. But on the second point, I actually don't think really there's many teams that are as deep across the board as the rain. Um, so I think that speaks to a lot of excitement with the comment that there's so many unknowns we haven't seen them play yet. Yeah, I think the, you know, it has been interesting to look at the, you know, even before the official roster was out looking at like the players that they had brought in over the off season and everyone who was returning from injury. And it seems like choosing a starting 11 each game is an impossible task, but at the same time, you could effectively throw darts at a dartboard to pick the lineup, and anybody that you choose to start is going to get the job done. They just, yeah, the depth that they have is really remarkable. The real tough challenge is going to be getting all of those new players to fit together under a brand new coach that 
we admittedly don't really know what his team is going to look like under him. I think it's been kind of funny to see a few um, pundits have speculated about like what would be the ideal starting 11 for the rain and you can kind of pencil in a few people like I think we know Lauren Barnes is going to start at center back and Jess Fishlock and Allie Long will be in midfield but beyond that it is really just such a crapshoot and and everyone who's put out a lineup I've looked at it and said yeah that would make sense and probably be a very competitive team which it's kind of exciting, but also from a reporting standpoint, it's kind of frustrating because it makes it a lot tougher for us to, and probably also for the opposition to project what they're actually going to be facing. Yeah, good point, uh, Steve, um, especially the reporting aspect where, yeah, and like Tim said, we don't know who Fareed Bensidi really is because the first time we had really heard from him was uh, last night they had a season ticket holder virtual event, which we'll talk about like tidbits, uh, highlights from that uh, later. But yeah, it's like we have not, we really don't know who this dude is. And we don't mean to say that in a bad way, but it's just like, we don't know. Um, you know, we've heard bits and pieces of like what he's done, you know, during his time at uh, Lyon and PSG and, you know, the talent that he's developed over there. But beyond, you know, just what little bits of uh, things of like press releases or, French media outlets have been able to get from him in other interviews like we don't know anything about him uh we we found out from the season ticket holder event that you know he has a dog that in France that he misses a lot <laughs> and he that does up. give him some bonus points I will say but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh, you know in the times that we've talked to some of the players before you know they were getting uh before they even went to Montana and then as they started preparing for the challenge cup you know they've all said that you know, so far it's been going pretty well in terms of uh, his appearance and instilling his um, his process, the culture and everything. And we know that the team culture has always been pretty solid, you know, as, as long as you have people like Jess Fishlock and Lauren Barnes are pretty much, you know, ha uh, in, uh, getting all the new faces in, in terms of like this is how, you know, how we do things here. And, you know, um, Adrian Jordan said it best, like, you know, players would have come up and said, introduce themselves to her without her really initiating it. And, you know, it's been such a welcoming environment for a new person like Adrian Jordan. Um, but yeah, in terms of tactics or what hypothetical starting 11s uh, they're going to roll out with on Tuesday, I don't know. I'm curious what you all think. You mentioned Adrian Jordan. Um, which new player on the Rain squad are you all? most excited to see. I'm really curious to see how the team uses Nicole Momiki because she seems like she could be really an interesting player both in terms of being a very creative force which the team was kind of missing last year and also an extra scoring threat which was one thing that the rain struggled. They were really good defensively but just didn't have a lot of ideas going forward in terms of scoring. So I think she's going to be my kind of player to watch. I think my my player to watch is probably going to be Sofia Huerta. I think I was a little bit surprised that they even got her in the first place. I think she probably came in as a little bit of an undervalued asset. Um, she has shown, you know, maybe not super consistently, but flashes and... Um, I think she could be really exciting, especially thinking about, you know, her playing alongside Bethany Balser and, yeah, Nicole Momiki, just imagining it seems like every player that they've added to the team in the offseason is a super technical, really smart player. Um, seeing how those players all work together is going to be really exciting, and if off-field chemistry is any indication of on-field chemistry and Instagram stories are any indication of off-field chemistry. It seems like she and Balser in particular are going to, you know, enjoy playing together. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, Huerta's just been hungry for a team environment that really fits her. And um, from what we hear from her comments, she really feels like she has that in the rain. So excited to see what she can do with it. Tim way, you, Jacob? Tim, way to mention um, the possible X factor of uh, 
the team building uh, element that is uh, performing TikTok dances with Bethany Balser and Taylor Smith? I think, you know, we there's a real chance that we're going to get a TikTok dance goal celebration out of someone and a coordinated, synchronized dance really is what we all deserve in these dark times. I actually considered asking uh, Bethany Balser that during her Instagram uh, live Q&A this afternoon about is there a TikTok dance uh, <laughs> goal celebration uh, in the works? Um, yeah, uh, for me, it's a it's kind of a toss-up between Sofia Huerta and Nicole Momiki. I'm going to go with uh, Nicole Momiki. Um, yeah, just because there's so much um, curiosity for me as to what, you know, if she can be a dynamic um, attacker, you know, to complement and also dispel some of the attention surely um, Bethany Balser and Darian Jenkins uh, would uh, draw when they're making their runs into the into the third or even when uh, if Sophia worked as the other attacking option. I remember uh, Balser said on her Instagram Q&A this afternoon that um, she herself is really excited about being uh, playing alongside Momiki and her exact words were yeah, she hit a banger in uh, in training the other day, and I was like, Nicole, chill. <laughs> so it's just kind of uh, just fascinating. Like, I just wonder how much power um, she put it on on whatever that shot. If Bethany Balser described it as a banger, excited to see that in a real game. I think there's, I mean, like every player they brought in, as Tim said, has been, you can see and like really understand, oh my gosh, it's a perfect fit. And there, um, I, there's two players. I know I asked for one, but um, Alana Cook is really intriguing to me. Um, like really the future of the U.S. Women's National Team backline. Um, we haven't gotten to see play in a professional environment here in the U.S. Um, and I think she's going to be really hungry to prove herself to try and like, if there truly is an Olympic next year, like she's got a shot at the roster. So, uh, and then I'm excited to see Taylor Smith play too. Um, obviously not a new signing this year because Lorraine signed her last year, but she was um, also a U.S. Women's National Team player when she was with the Courage and um, brings a really different look that at right back than the team has had for a, a really long time, assuming she plays there. <laughs> um, so those are the two I was, I'm excited for. I think it's, uh, you know, maybe not a single other player, but just thinking about the quality of passing out of a possible midfield of Ali Long, Shirley Cruz, and Jess Fishlock is really exciting to think about as a fan of the team. And I'm sure that, you know, players like Bethany Balser are going to be very excited about the idea of playing off of that service. Totally. I, I tried not to say Shirley Cruz because I already said two, but I absolutely agree. <laughs> well, the, uh, mentioning Shirley Cruz is also, I think, one of those things that um, is going to be like a sleeper uh, acquisition for Wayne. Because I think we've talked about this before um, on a previous episode. I think what's one thing that she can bring that can be carried out onto the field is her experience of working uh, with Therese Bensidi. She's, she could base, if you call her off the bench, She's basically another like assistant coach that can relay in-game uh, adjustments to the other players. And we've seen Balser working on her Spanish. Um, she said Shirley Cruz is teaching her Spanish. But like I think um, having that experience and having that uh, existing relationship with Ben Cidi, I think is going to be incredibly valuable. And I remember Jess Fishlock, when they made the news, the news official, how excited she was because I'm sure she knows she's, you know, we know Fishlock is such a student of the game. She knows what Cruz can do on the field. Yeah, I think just being able to bridge whatever instructions uh, Ben CD has for the players to carry it out to the players on the field when she's on there, I think is going to be one of those little things that's going to help them maybe when you're uh, like in the 80th minute and they're holding on to a goal lead. I think that brings up a good point too, that like Shirley Cruz has played for quite a while and she's been battling some injuries for a while, but particularly in this tournament, since they're using the modified FIFA rules that are going to allow five substitutions, she's not going to be asked 
probably to have to carry a team for 90 minutes. She yeah. can come in later and other other of our the rain depth players that they've signed who have quality can come in late and, and actually make potentially a significant impact on the game. And that's really going to be an asset in this tournament with the tight turnaround between games. All right, I'm going to put you guys on a bit of a spot here. Um, come Tuesday, make your uh, 11 for OL Rain. We'll go with the 4-3-3 formation for this one. Jacob, that's so cruel. Susie's blinking at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> I have to actually pull up the roster because I'm already forgetting some of the players we've signed in the offseason. There's so many new players. I should do that too, just so I know I can name 11 players. Well, it's cheating a little bit since we got a, to not jump ahead, a preview of where Huerta might have been practicing and training that is a little different to what I had envisioned in my mind, mm-hmm. um, which she said to preview some of the um, season ticket holder events. She's been playing in the number nine role a lot, and that is not where she's played in the league um, in the past, but um, the more I thought about it, I got super excited thinking about her as playing like a little bit more of a false nine where in the same way Vlatko had played Amy Rodriguez in Kansas City, where mm-hmm. um, the wing players can also be as involved in the box as the the striker at the top is. But um, so this isn't answering your question. I'm just blabbing to give me time to think more about it. That's fine. <laughs> I do think, and if we think about like like for like replacements um, for when Rapino played last year, I think Darian Jenkins. For, for me, I would put her on the left wing if I was starting her. Um, and then, as we've talked about all along, there's just so much depth, it's hard to predict. But I like Balser as a striker um, rather than on the wing. I'd probably put her up top. Does Jody Taylor start instead there? I don't know. But um, And then Momiki on the right um, in the midfield. Maybe someone else will take the midfield. I'll just do the striker line. I mean, I can jump in with the midfield. I think we can pretty much guarantee that Jess Fishlock is going to start, assuming she's 100%, which I would be shocked at this point if she is He'll not. will tell you she's she can, 100%. Right. <laughs> if she can't at least convince the coaches that she's 100%. And I think Allie Long is going to start alongside her. And then it comes down to a question of whether we see Shirley Cruz or, or Rosie White maybe in front of them serving as the creative player. And I think because of um, Fareed Vincitti's familiarity with Cruz, I think she probably will get the nod in the first game. Yeah, and then I guess I'll do the back four, and I would, I would imagine for at least Tuesday, maybe Celia at right back, and then Alana Cook and Lauren Barnes as the center backs and maybe Adrian Jordan at left back. Um, yeah, I think those are, those are my guesses. I realize that because we split it up, that means Huerta's not starting and I think she's starting. So where you fit her in, you guys, someone else can figure that out. We're just going to have to make a rule to allow a 12th player on the field, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like what uh, you guys had thrown out there uh, in terms of, you know, your field players. And I think we're all safe in assuming that Casey Murphy is going to be your starting goalkeeper. Um, yeah, I like, I like uh, Susie's uh, front three. Uh, Steve, I think with your midfield three, I would swap out Shirley Cruz and put Morgan Andrews up top because I think it's, uh, it's time to see Morgan Andrews on top of the midfield three. Uh, she just, did step up in the Australian league. So, yeah, yeah, that's where that's where I'm. That's where my thinking goes. Is like how well, how effective she was during her Australian loan spell. Um, and like you'd said, you know, Cruz, you know, had been uh, fighting off some injuries. So it's like I think it's fine to not have her play to start, but you can pull her up uh, from the bench, like you know, from the 75th minute, and just kind of gradually ease her in. Maybe play her like in the third game starter in the third game if you know you've kind of positioned yourself pretty well for the knockout rounds Tim your back four is pretty solid I can't really see any sort of changing in terms of who starts obviously you can rotate people in and out if you need to for tactics or for just maintaining uh, fitness and everything but yeah it's a solid back four you have there 
So I yeah, we just figured out a, a decent starting eleven. We could probably change like five of them. Like we could totally. put Taylor Smith in and we have no problem, or we or like you know putting Sophia Huerta in. Yeah. It is crazy. I'm just looking at the backups on the roster, thinking about that. Rebecca Quinn, Danny Weatherholt, Jody Taylor, Jasmine Spencer. Like you've still got all those players yeah. to choose from, and that's just like one list of them. Kristen McNabb. Yeah, Kristen McNabb could crazy. be a starting center back with uh with Lauren Barnes. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's nuts, really. <laughs> okay, so should we move on to the season ticket holder virtual event that the team held last night? Let's do it, since I previewed it. Okay, so the main attraction for that was obviously the reveal of the 2020 kits. We're going to talk about that segment later on the episode because that was like the biggest thing that everybody, everyone RSVP'd that could, why they were there, really. Um, but what were your um, highlights from the virtual event? Well, one thing I would say is I appreciate that they they um, gave an opportunity to have some of the um, black players talk about kind of the experience that they've been going through because I think you know we've all been seeing kind of how um, different teams and different players have been responding to the protests and the Black Lives Matter um, movement since George Floyd's death, and I think it was. Um, it was very thoughtful and um, you know it, it was good to hear from the players directly after kind of reading posts and seeing kind of Instagram where they were able to really kind of get their thoughts out and, and more more fleshed out and, and recognize that yes you know they're players first but they've also lived this experience for a long time and a lot of us are coming to this kind of you know I don't want to say naively but from a from a different perspective a more privileged perspective where we don't have to experience that regularly so really to kind of be able to make that connection or recognize this is something that we should continue to be talking about even as we're talking about soccer it was was very thoughtful well said steve yeah absolutely i think just for me just getting to hear from the players was the most powerful part of the evening um uh i think hearing some of the new players reflect on why they wanted to come to the rain, just the culture, hearing about the culture from teammates, hearing about what it's like to play here and how you're treated as an athlete and as a person. Um, and then them, you know, I believe them when they say it, feeling like that is showing up in the current environment that they're in, despite a pandemic and so much uncertainty that they're feeling really supported. That makes me feel really good because I know people are like, new acquisition, new brand, um, is this a new team? And I, it sure seems like culture-wise, no. Well said. Sorry, I was gonna, particularly like Lauren Barnes mentioning, like she's considered in the past, like is it time maybe to, to hang up the boots and call it a day, but really that the rain, the siren song of the rain kind of keeps calling her back is is really kind of, impactful in terms of like what that actually means in terms of, of maintaining a culture and maintaining a continuity through all the kind of transitions that the team has had. Yeah, and she seems like a player that a lot of folks reference and actually it was it was said yesterday, like a really quiet leadership. Um, but you hear a lot of new players say, oh yeah, and Lou Barnes reached out to me after the game, sent me a text, great game. And I think that goes such a long way so it's just so good to have someone like her who maybe isn't as loud or visible you don't see her out there but she plays a huge part in that welcoming environment that Adrian Jordan talked about when we chatted with her. Well when your uh, co-pilot is Jess Fishlock you don't really need to be doing any sort of talking. <laughs> good balance there. <laughs> yeah because like I, you guys remember like it was the 2016 season like they were they made it a big thing to of declaring that they are the co-captains of the team. And it's like, I remember Fishlock was saying like, you know, it's a great partnership. Like I'm the loud one, Lou is the quiet one, you know, it works out. Yeah, you see that play out in a lot of ways. I feel like Lou is there to laugh at Jess a lot and that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, there's very few things that I think we would ever disagree with Lauren Barnes on, except for her automatic shutdown of the idea of a flannel kit the fish the fish lock flannel kit that needs to be a thing so um the decision the powers that be at uh, ol rain um we have some ideas for you 
Any I think other? the other big takeaway was hearing Sophia Huerta say she's playing in the number nine role a lot in practice, and we already talked about that. But. Um, should we talk about the interesting virtual meeting etiquette that happened? <laughs> It's always fun to laugh about, I think. Um, there were a lot of virtual meeting faux pas or mis mistakes that I'm sure everyone over the last few months has become familiar with. Uh, people with cameras on with their cat's butts in the camera um, and then a very loud swearing while off of mute um, to kick it off. Which I think just set the tone to get people laughing right away at least. It really does remind us that we're all human and we're all kind of getting <laughs> through this together and it's not just some kind of ivory tower like fancy special team off in the distance but you know we are all part of this together dealing with it. And... Yeah I did think in the comments like Bill Predmore CEO was apologizing for the low low tech version of everything. They had some fancy videos that they played I think everyone enjoyed, I don't know, I've enjoyed working at work with colleagues, with friends, just the like fun little random life moments that happen. And literally they had to turn the camera on the laptop to show the players because it wasn't working otherwise. And I just think that's awesome. Yeah, the <clears throat> the moments of low tech was, you know, it was amusing, but it was you know incredibly relatable. Like, you know, we've all we've all gone through the hoops and hurdles of trying to figure out, you know, those first couple of weeks so we know how to do a virtual meeting with our colleagues or friends and family. Um, yeah, just a little virtual meeting full pause was pretty funny. I think, you know, we had tweeted out what somebody had said in the, in the chat room at one point, and I'm just gonna read it out loud because it was hilarious just thinking about it. Could someone please ask everyone to mute? I'm here to listen to the speakers, not your dogs or your door slamming. I think speaking we, for all of us. <laughs> yeah, speaking for all of us. Um, I wish I remembered who was that said that, but we clipped that out. We clipped their name out of the screenshot, you know, for privacy reasons. But yeah, that was it. Was just funny just to somebody had put that in the in the party line. So we're gonna take a quick break on the podcast, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about what everyone has. Uh, been talking about or been curious about the 2020 rain kits. Yeah, I, I just remembered I did want to mention the Leon tournament too. So maybe we can clip that in. Or we can talk about it right now. Yeah, well, okay. We could, you want to just, we'll just edit that out and we'll say it again at the end. Sorry. Shit. It doesn't matter. We talk about it right now. No, okay. Editing be damn. I, we'll, the we'll edit quality with... is based on my motivation. Here, here we are. We're all making it work. So that, 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 speaking of the video clips that, that Bill Predmore played, though, that reminds me of one other thing. That, so we had the, the welcome by Wendy Renard, which does kind of bring in, hey, we are all part of actually a bigger, bigger family now of the OL family. Mm -hmm. And then also the video from Jean-Michel Olay, which mentioned a, a thing that we had seen rumored um, um, probably about two or three weeks ago now that Lyon is potentially considering doing a tournament later this summer to help the their team get prepared in order to start um, UEFA Champions League games again. And it sounds like they are hoping that um, OL Reign would potentially participate along with some other teams, which I think could be a really interesting opportunity both to kind of get some more international attention for the team and also maybe to see really how does this team stack up to some of these teams in Europe because there's always kind of this conversation what you know how good is the NWSL how good is yeah. you know the WSL how good is is League One and we really haven't had a chance to, to kind of make that assessment other than the International Champions Cup which has its own kind of weird things because like last year it happened during the World Cup so all the international players were missing but you know congratulations to North Carolina for winning it anyway. Yeah and it's like you said it's coming at a time where they have some big games they're preparing for so they're going to want to play their best players also. And it's if that does happen and if OL Reign are one of the participants I think it's a good if this current tournament the challenge cup is sort of pre-season-y by the time they participate in the leon tournament they'll be effectively mid-season form i think it yeah if nothing else would be a really 
fun tournament to watch and I imagine a cool experience for particularly the younger players who, you know, plenty of the older or more experienced players have at some point played over in Europe. And I think for the younger players, that would be a really cool opportunity. Uh, and, and for some of them, if, if, you know, rosters go back down to 26 or 22, even next year, this could be an opportunity for them to really kind of make their mark and potentially even get signed to some of these other teams in Europe, which could be a big deal for, for prolonging their careers. Agreed. Um, I think, it, yeah, it'd be cool if they get to play it, but, you know, it could be, there could be out, something out of their total control in that, you know, the EU is rumored to be, uh, banning travelers from the U.S. to coming into the continent. So, I mean, you know, we just have to wait and see if that is the case. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was something that was definitely teased at, at the season ticket holder meeting last night. Uh, I think we've even asked the club if they have anything to say on the matter. We've just been given a no comment on it. But, yeah, based on that video message that uh, Jean-Michel uh, had, it sounds like they're hopeful that they can get uh, get going, but we just have to wait and see. The right made clear they want to do a you know kind of continue doing training after this tournament is done. So it, hopefully they're able to kind of leverage that into at least playing some more games to give the players some more opportunities to to show off what they can do. Yeah. So now we will be going on break, but when we come back, we will be talking about the 2020 OL rain kits. Okay, we are back, and to close out this episode of Coffee and Valkyries, we're going to be talking about the 2020 OL rain kits that were officially unveiled last night at their season ticket holder virtual meeting. Uh, joining us for this segment of the episode is women's soccer photographer uh, Nikita Taparia, PhD. Congratulations. Um, so, Nikita, uh, since you have joined us for this one, you get to kick us off with your reaction to the OL rain kits. All right, so I think, so I went into watching this kit reveal with a couple of things in mind. Uh, the first one being that, you know, this is a brand new team. We're completely rebranding here. So it's new colors, new logo, everything. And then the third thing, which is we've been in a pandemic and if you're anything like me, trying to get work done during a pandemic is possibly the worst thing in the world. So when they revealed the kits, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest, because for me, I was actually expecting something even plainer in terms of like bare minimum. But these kits had kind of promising elements of something to build off of. Um, I love the colors. Uh, we still have blue, and I really like that shade of blue. Um, I forget if the blue is the home kit or the away kit, but it's, I think, away kit. Um, but I really, I like the color scheme. I think it'll work really well. Um, I think it'll photograph really well uh, in terms of both the white kit and the blue kit. Um, the other thing I will say is that in terms of the other merch that kind of rolled out with it, I really, really liked uh, one of their scarves that was like a French play on uh, our old uh, logo. And I like the gold and I can see the future of using that gold in kit design. So I think from where we were and what we got, I'm, I, I like it. I was surprised and yeah. Awesome, thank you, Nikita. And it's uh, the home is the primary, the blue is their secondary. Who's next that wants to share their reaction to the new kits? I'll go. I think, you know, having looked at kind of the history of um, Olympic Leonese's kits, like I'm not particularly surprised that they chose to go very kind of clean and simple, I think is the, the phrase that people like to use when instead of calling it plain like the um, OL is very much focused on kind of, we're just kind of going to give you something very straightforward, but we're going to really kind of capture your interest and capture your attention by 
by just dominating on the field and wowing you with our, our technical ability more so than like awesome patterns and awesome prints. And I think in that regard, I can kind of see the, the straight line between the you know, OL group into what they are doing here for OL Rain. And, and I think, you know, basically they've had three months kind of to turn around these designs from the time that um, the sale to OL group was announced. And usually teams have about a year to prepare their new kits. So what we got out of this, this design, it's, it's pretty much off the rack for Nike. But, but like Nikita said, given the, the pandemic and given the amount of um, you know, time that people have to actually devote to, to preparing kits compared to you know, maybe preparing masks and doing other things that are a little bit more pressing right now, I'm not at all disappointed by what we're going to see the team wearing on the field this year. Yeah, I think I would, you know, echo the sentiment from everyone. I think even under more normal circumstances, I don't think I would have been upset by these kits. I think they're, yeah, to use Steve's terms, simple and clean, um, that might be a little bit boring, but I think that's also, you know, an unfortunate result of the circumstances, both their short time period of a run-up in production time, but also that you had some of maybe the best kits to come out of any American team in a long time, at least, coming from, you know, both of Chicago's kits are incredible. The new Utah kit is really nice. Uh, Sky Blues is really good. Some people really like the Portland Black Rose one. Um, that's their opinion. Um, I, I don't particularly agree with that, but uh, people like what they like. Um, I think, yeah, it just is, I think, all of those circumstances play into it. I think people also have a certain view of OL Rain now that that's the name and not just Rain FC or Seattle Rain that maybe taints some of the way that anything that the team does is perceived right now. And, you know, some teams could do the exact same thing and it would be described as clean and simple unanimously as a positive thing. And, the rain can do the same thing and people will say that it's boring or bad. And I think there's not really much you can do to avoid that. I think they included some nice details. So neither Jersey looks like just a t-shirt. Um, and I think that, you know, the pictures that have come out so far of players wearing them look really good. Uh, they look nice when they're on a player. Um, and I certainly won't complain about watching a team play in them. Yeah, I think I just echo and not over, like overdo it on adding much more. I think um, people are absolutely fair to be like a little disappointed if they were hyping themselves up and thinking it was going to be the exact same as like last year's jerseys. Um, and I actually the the one of the thing that I think is um nice about them not everyone cares about them but i think the sponsor logo looks really good on them too um and sometimes like chicago's old jerseys the red stars have had fantastic jerseys since they started in this league but they had some horrible sponsor logos that just absolutely ruined them in the past this year they don't um and i think that can make or break it a little bit for me and the zulily logo looks really nice on such a simple design like this yeah, and I'll add that when I'm photographing teams, something like the logo, that that I get so annoyed by logos that just feel out of place on a kit. And especially because I do a lot of editing too. And I, I like to play, play a lot with my images if you've seen them. So it's just like, that, that that's the probably the thing that really did stick out for me is that the logo is perfectly sized and it flows very well with that kit. Um, the one thing I, thing I wanted to also shout out was that there was a promo video that came with this kit that was superb. It was probably one of the better promo, uh, promo videos I've seen for kits. And I think a lot goes in, 
a lot goes into making those and to put that out uh, during a pandemic is also pretty incredible. So give a shout out to that. I think um, with, uh, with the reactions immediately, everybody was saying it's bland, boring, you know, unlike the, if you're looking at it from a negative spectrum, but then on a positive uh, spectrum, it's like clean, simple. And I think in 2020, especially when you have teams and brands like Forward Madison that are just all in on just going with outlandish designs that are meant to just grab your attention visually right away, um, you know, that's fine. And they make some great designs. And then we've also seen NWCL uh, teams this year have rolled out some creativity with their designs and on the new kits that they've had. But sometimes less is more. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I think they've played it safe. Um, and yeah, like what Nikita said, like it establishes a nice foundation for them to go forward with, you know, if there's going to be uh, one new or one new kid in 2021 or, you know, a whole new set altogether. It'd be fa fascinating to see what they can come up with, with hopefully a full year's lead time and then, you know, knock on wood, everything with the world economy in terms of supply chain, production, all that stuff, you know, returns back to some sort of normalcy that, you know, we, we don't, you know, they're not doing these uh, kit drops basically, you know, 48 hours before uh, active competition uh, ha happens or, you know, some other teams have been doing it, you know, uh, Sky Blue did it uh, the same day as well. Like, you know, other teams have done it like maybe the past, week or so so that said uh who is the first player you guys have gotten or intend to get on uh your first below ring kit purchase i can't afford one yet right now but if i were to get one it would be momiki because i also want naho and i also wanted rumi so it, it goes with my brand I think I might have to go with Balser just because her story is kind of so unique and incredible and it's kind of exciting to think like the rain might be where she really kind of is able to make her mark even if she goes on to do even bigger and better things in the future. I haven't decided yet, but I'm sort of really feeling the Darian Jenkins. I'm getting on the Darian Jenkins hype train, so um, I think she's who I would lean toward right now if I had to make a decision. Yeah, I think there's really no, there's no bad or wrong choice. Um, but I think a, a Jasmine Spencer kit might, might look nice in my collection. I wanted to add to, um, for folks that maybe haven't checked them out, I really like both of the sweatshirt options that the team has in their shop. Um, they're just the OL Rain logo um, blown up the the hoodie is awesome, but the like crew neck one is really cool too. And I see they're already out of smalls. So um, those seem to, the limited supply they have are going pretty fast, it appears. Yeah, yeah I really, oh, oh, you, can go ahead. you go, you go Nikita. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna again, shout out the scarves. Um, the one thing I wanted to mention, uh, which I wanted to mention before is because I posted on Twitter how much I love the scarves. And then obviously I see all the responses and whatnot. Um, one of the obvious complaints still is the fact is with the logo. Mm -hmm. And obviously like for me, like I was probably one of the first to be angry about the logo change. Uh, very, very uh, publicly, I would say. Um, but the one thing I think this pandemic has done for me is learn to appreciate the fact that what life would be without soccer, I guess. Um, and it's something I wanted to kind of vocally mention is that imagine if OL rain, like OL didn't, like rain didn't exist. And then consider that versus having a logo change. And, you know, that's just something I wanted to mention because that's what I went through during the pandemic after I saw the kits and everything. And, that's why I, you don't see me see me vocally angry anymore about the logo. Like it'll be part of our history. We have an awesome history, but you know, you 
kind of got to move on and grow from there. Well said, Nikita. So that'll do it for this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, before we do sign off, I am going to leave uh, the floor open to anybody here that wants to close out with any uh, last statements, shout outs, or what have you. So the floor is open to anybody. I, I, you know, I'm excited to see soccer again in, in the United States, even though you know, it's going to be for a short time and under kind of the anxiety of, of coronavirus and everything, it's going to be interesting just to be able to kind of take a break from that even for an hour or two. And then, you know, we've got all that other weight that will be still waiting for us at the end, but for a little bit at least, soccer. <laughs> I'm not sure I could have said anything better than what Nikita just said, um, <laughs> honestly, but it, but it did, I think I'm just reminded right now, um, you know, some men's leagues in Europe have started again and just how grateful I am for the women's game um, in particular. We get to, we get access to the players that you don't get um, in other leagues and you get to know them as people. And I think it's just so important to remember that, that there are people with stories and really important stories. And I'm grateful that we get to tell them every day when, when we are able to. Um, so I'm excited to see the people. <laughs> And I forgot to mention the other thing that all the players are getting their full salaries, they're getting their full support. That is something I don't think almost any other league even in the world is even offering, which is just a huge, huge accomplishment for the NWSL. Women are amazing. That's how we should end it. <laughs> there you go, Susie. So uh, for everyone listening, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, again, NWCL uh, Challenge Cup starts this weekend. Uh, first game is on over-the-air TV CBS. Uh, the majority of the matches are on CBS All Access, so sign up for that. And like Steve said, soccer! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>